Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and kind of have an exciting show here today. Uh, I don't know if you guys, I, I just find it really, really interesting when I talk to people in this industry, you know, meaning the stone and tile industry is, you know, how they evolved, how they ended up where they are today. And it just so happens I have not one, but two guests today that, uh, actually work with me. Uh, they, they actually are guest speakers at my uh, uh, yearly stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting seminar. Uh, great friends of mine, uh, and that is James Medina and Dean Molilin, uh with Noble Company. So welcome, guys. Are you there? We are here. We're here. All right. <laughs> Did we call this the James Dean Show? <laughs> Yeah, the James that, that Dean be, Show, that's right. The James Dean Show, we'll call it. But uh, anyway, I guess... Dean we'll is talk- in, the, in the works of patenting that, that you know, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, you know, it, it's always interesting. I mean, I, I know I know your story, James. I don't know Dean's story, so we're going to hear that here in a minute. But uh, um, it, it's just interesting how we all start in other areas and we end up and I like to call it trapped in this industry because once you get in this industry, I tell people there's no getting out. You're in it for life. So we'll start with you, James. What will we start from the very beginning and tell us yeah. how you got to, how you got to now? It's your mic. How I got to now. You, you know what's funny is is you know like you t- said talk about being trapped. Um, you know, in, in this industry, I, I actually uh, got I, I was going to be a welder. I was going in the metal and, and understanding metal, and I got raised doing antique restoration with my father. And so the whole thing with being trapped couldn't be more true for me because uh, when, I, when I started out, it was because my friend called me, and he says, I need a new helper. And so I, I went in there, uh, still loved a well. I still love doing, you know, woodwork with like what my dad taught me. But as I started working with tile, the one thing that grabbed my passion was really mudding. I really enjoyed mudding. It was very zen to me where, you know, I'm, I'm mixing the mud and, and floating the mud, and that was really meant a lot for me. So as I got into it, I, I got pretty good, and I was happy because, you know, I was like 18 at the time. I was making decent money because I made a percentage of what we're doing. Um, and my buddy really pushed me into the industry by telling me, look, you need to become an installer. It was after I, I finished my apprenticeship stuff. And I'm like, ah, I'm good, I'm good. And, and he's like, no, no, you, you need to go on your own. And I went on my own, and it's been almost 30 years. Oh, actually, now it's going over 30 years now uh, of doing stone and tile. And 
you know, you, you get to the adage of never looking back, you know, but sometimes you look back and you really appreciate uh, the friends you've made through the years. You appreciate what you've learned and how the technology has changed, what's changed within the industry. And that leads me to the portion when I was a contractor. Um, really, I, I knew Dean back when I was a contractor. So now this is how our lives kind of intermix because he, he worked for a, a one particular company, which I'll let him talk about. And I would come in as a contractor and say, hey, you know, I need this, I need that. And we just had a really good relationship through the years. Uh, and this went on through two very large distributors. And um, always had a passion for it, worked my way, and I, I always had the analogy of you're always good as you last. So I put a lot into it. And then when I started working for the hospitality industry is when I had the opportunity of meeting you. So and by the time I met you, I think 15 years, maybe no, less than that, maybe 12 years have passed. And, you know, you look back, and now I'm really making you feel old, Fred, how long you've known me. But, you should um, be me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in, in a glimpse of time, I had an opportunity with, you know, where, where I worked for a company that they said, you know, we want you to get more education. And I can't stress that more. Like when, when you look at the classes that I took, it literally changed the dynamic of what I did and how I do things. So for all those who are listening that are interested in doing a class, you will never regret what you do. And even the ones that just took the class recently, we still talk to them and everything, and, and, and they're really influenced by it. But it's a huge Part, part of my life that I really enjoyed because I started looking at things a lot differently. And so I became QAQC project manager of on-site development for the wind properties. And I see a lot. I, I've done a lot. And, you know, it's almost like that commercial. But um, through the process, you start seeing things that you've never seen before. You see people do things that are just absolutely foolish, absolutely foolish but they insist on doing it. And you're like, all right, well, you know, I'll catch you on the failure side. Um, I got, uh, when we had that slump in 09, I, I had three very fairly large manufacturers that wanted me to work for them. But only one really spoke to me. And so through the years of doing the installation process, I've worked with Noble products before and understood them. But there was one thing that I never had an issue was, was, was getting called back for anything failing. Yep. And so when I had that opportunity to work for them, uh, uh, you know, they, they said, you know, here, here, we need your help and whatnot. And I said, okay. And I came over as director of architecture services over 10 years ago or so. And then what happened was uh, through the process, I had three little ones at the same time and it was really hard as a new father and Monica needed help my wife and so um, I had to take a break after working with them for several years and it was it was not bad blood at all and I went out into the industry and um, started working for a facade manufacturer a stone facade manufacturer and then afterwards another company calls me two different companies called me which one was out of Texas um, one was out of Colorado that wanted me to work for him. And um, though it was good, Dean was mad because I didn't tell Dean that I was looking. And <laughs> in, the, in the process, look, through the years, by the way, Dean and I have always stayed friends. And Dean goes, 
you know, why the heck didn't you call me? And and uh, so then I he he kind of connected the dots, and I, I came back to Noble. And it's been it's it's like a family to me. It's you know I know them, I, I know the product well, but a lot has changed through the years from when I was there last, as far as um, improving uh, existing products, adding products to the line, and um, it, it's just it's really really awesome to work for a company that, that really backs you as far as uh, design ideas as well as the performance of the product. So, um, but that's how I got to this point now. And now I'm working with somebody who I've known for over 20 years. And it's, it's very, it's a different dynamic when you can actually speak freely and not think you're going to hurt his feelings. I don't hurt your feelings, do I? Well, no, because we've been friends for a long time. So our, our interests Obviously, we're both very passionate about our work, but we have other interests that we share as well, too. So it's just a much, much richer relationship. It goes beyond, um, you know, just what happens at work. You yep. know, we uh, share a lot of uh, different interests, and it, it makes for a, in the long term, it makes for a better working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a, a it's, a, it's a different level of teamwork, that's for sure. And, I, and, and Fred, you've seen us both work together and talk, and, it's it's there's no pride it's just like hey we got to get this job done and 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 through the years you know you build up this reputation dean and i were talking about this morning but like you you it takes a many many years and you've been doing this a lot longer than us but the last thing i wanted to do was have a bad (laughs) reputation you know what i mean and so you know that that that's one thing that really uh, struck me and to get me to where i am now because I work for a company that's been around for 75 years. How many litigate? Let me ask you this, Fred. How many litigations have you been on with Noble Company? Zero. And how many years have you been doing this? Forty. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, that's one of the reasons why. I mean, and James and I, we've been, you know, there's. We have lots of, I call them friendly competitors, people we know now. And, you know, when you're younger, you're a little bit more, you know, you kind of draw your line, line in the sand and you really go to war. But you get older and you know some of these people for 10, 15 years. I call them friendly competitors. And we've had, we've had a, our offers from different, really solid, you know, companies, somewhat like Noble. But, you know, sometimes you think the grass is greener. It's just a different shade of green. and It was spray painted. And when you, uh, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you don't have to deal with, you know, um, when you don't have to deal with, oh, gosh, I'm going out to another job failure. Oh, gosh, I got a really upset architect. Oh, gee, this tall contractor is really, we don't, you know, every company has its challenges, but they've been few and far between as far as um, bad moments, bad product, bad interactions at Noble Company. Yeah, you know? right. Well, James, let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask Dean you this question too. Once you have your shot yeah. here, um, what what would you say? I'll, I'll put you on the spot. What what have you seen okay. change change in the industry, you know, over the years from when you first started? Um, well, one the one that pops out the biggest to me is dimensional size and on tile. That's that's mm-hmm. huge. Uh, number two would be um, the use of the prefabricated pan systems because guys are lacking um, as far as – I don't know why, and, and this is just me. I'm, I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything, but when I was, when I was working in, in, in the union, 
I would always pick, like, the grumpiest old guy to work with, and I'd let him throw trowels at me. I'd let him throw buckets at me because I knew he had a lot of knowledge. And I knew that if I can just stick it out, and he would impart that knowledge to me. And I would get that to happen more majority of the time. That's why I was able to do as good as I did. But nobody wanted to share the precious knowledge that they had, yep. almost like you don't deserve it kind of thing. And it's sad because it affected an entire generation where guys are like, well, I'll just watch it on YouTube. And it's different. You know, it's so different. When you, when you can actually have somebody teach you hands-on, know the tricks, know these little things, it makes all the difference in the world. So if you're an installer and you're not sharing, you really should. You should, you know, help that next generation uh, because they, they really need uh, mentors. They need mentors. They need solid mentors because that's where you get the failures. And they say, well, you know, I, I learned this way. And, you know, and you've got to make sure what you're teaching them is correct too because, uh, Fred, you and I walked a similar job where the guy – in Vegas, across from city center area, I'm not going to mention the name, but yep. they, uh, the guy was teaching four other helpers to, how to plug weep holes when he's doing a mudding, <laughs> mudding, mudding, mudding a pan. So, you know, you can train the wrong way. You don't want to do that. But, um, you know, th- that's one thing that I've seen a lot, the, the prefabricated pans, and then also the use of more liquid membranes in the industry. Um there's so many years of it being used incorrectly, like the guys were not reading the manufacturer's recommendations of how thick it should be. Um, and a lot of there's a lot of failures out there because they just didn't read the instructions. But there's more out in the industry. It's not going away. It's being used more and more. So we have to make sure that we, we're up to breast with how that is uh, supposed to be installed. Absolutely. No, it's funny what you're saying. I'm sitting there shaking my head going, amen, amen, amen. And it reminds me uh, years ago when I uh, you know, was doing a lot of work in Florida and I was saying, man, Florida's got the crappiest installers and we got all these failures. And then, <laughs> and then I've learned it's not just Florida. <laughs> it's all <laughs> yeah, Vegas. Vegas like, oh, this is the testing ground. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think I do the yeah. seminars out there every year? Yeah. Yeah. It's called the petri dish. Exactly. Uh, but it, it, it's it's a real shame sometimes. But uh, yeah. But uh, amen to what you're saying. You know, I, I saw the same thing. Not to get on my soapbox when I first started, everyone was so tight-lipped. It was, you know, you had a better chance of finding out the formula for Coca-Cola. Than you did uh, how to work with stone and tile. And KFC's recipe. Exactly. But uh, it's, it's changing. And, you know, thanks to guys like you, too. So, and, you know, amen to that. All right. Are we yeah. ready for Dean yet? Or do you have something else to say there, James? Uh, no. If you had any other questions for me that you wanted to pick my brain on, uh, I'd be more than happy to answer it. I, I was I tried to abbreviate as much because I didn't want to be too long-winded. Uh, off, okay now, Fred. Come on. Well, I, I probably will. I mean, you're going to be on. You'll be on the call here, so let's let's have Dina crack at his uh, how he got to where yeah. he is, and yeah, and absolutely. I don't mean sitting next to you. Uh, and, uh, but, but before you, you hear him go, oof, it's because yeah. I'm punching him. Yeah. yeah be, uh, well, you know, before I, I do, let I me take a, a quick. Years. Let me take a quick break, yeah, Dean, and uh, I'll I'll be back right after right after this here. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. 
Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All right, folks, we are back. And uh, by the way, if uh, any of you are listening live, I know a lot of people listen on the podcast, but if you haven't been listening live and you have a a question or a comment, uh, the number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. All right, Dean, you're up. I got a question before we start, though, before I let you start, and that is, how bad did I destroy your last name? <laughs> oh, you destroyed, you, you butchered that thing. And it's finished, um, it's finished uh, from Finland, and that's okay, you're, 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 uh, you're amongst a, a long and uh, very group of last name slaughterers. <laughs> hey, Fred, before you start, I, yeah. I, I forgot the premise, the whole thing with Dean and I, you know, you look at the the difference between the here to now and what we've done and where we're at, and you heard from a, a the portion of an installer, you know, GC uh, representative of an owner, now to a manufacturer uh, representative, and Dean, though we 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 end up at the same place, he's going to give you guys a little insight on a different level. Which is we we started from zero, so all, you're only going to go up. So that's good. But um, well, yeah, I, it, I hope you I hope you're going to give you a little insight. I, I hope you're going to talk about your guitar playing here. So <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's yeah, at the end. Oh God, you went there. Why? I was out in the Bay Area, and at that point. I was I was out there. I played the band, you know. We we took our shot at the at the brass ring, you know. We did all we played the clubs and had the record company audition, blah 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 blah. But you know, I, as often happens in your middle late twenties, you meet a woman and she destroys your life. Like, <laughs> like, well, see, you know, maybe you want to get a uh, real job, and uh, you know, if you want to get married, I need to have a husband with a real job. So. I went from being a itinerant guitar player in the Bay Area, and uh, Dylan Tile at the time, uh, this was the mid '80s, was one of the larger independent distributors. You know, Tom Dylan was the patriarch. He had two sons, Larry Dylan and um, Bob Dylan, and just yeah, Bob uh, Dylan, yeah, Owen. But uh, proud Irish family, and uh, you know, I literally got my start uh, in the. Uh, in the in the retail showroom, and then they tossed me in the back. So, I mean, literally just from, you know, driving a forklift, uh, hand stacking pallets. Um, but one thing that early on, you know, we always had different different manufacturers reps coming in, and I always enjoyed the technical side of it. You know, the you know what makes for a good installation, and, and you know, and the culture at that time in the Bay Area. Uh, and you know, there are different opinions about this, but strong, a strong union tile setting culture. So if you were a tile contractor, 
you know, you had a C54 license, and you had to go through the whole apprenticeship program, journeyman program, and so you had a lot. And uh, up there, the uh, the Italian American um, immigrants had formed a very ta- strong um, presence in the town, as did the Irish Americans. Of course, the Asian culture up there. You had you had a very diverse, very high quality um, uh, culture of tile up there, and and uh, I was fortunate we had a, an owner who was very supportive uh, of me as a younger person. And uh, she, Annette von Welchuk, she was a very strong-willed German woman. And uh, she would send me, if there was training at this factory or, you know, at this time, you know, Monica Tura, Fast Fire um, tile was a big deal in the mid-late 80s. And so, you know, I got to see, uh, at that time, the latest and greatest tile-making um, revelations and got to go get trained at different setting and manufacturing entities. We all know them, you know, the Latticretes, the Customs, the Bostics, the Hydrovent. Um, but, you know, that part was fascinating to me. And, you know, at that point, you know, the big waterproof membranes were, you know, 9235. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like yep. Latticretes 9235. And then, of course, Hydrovent had their Ultra Set, which was a urethane travel product. And, um, you know, and one thing led to another, and I got recruited by Dal Tile. Great opportunity, and uh, at that point, well, I met things, you. I met you, Delroy and Bach, didn't yeah, I? Oh yeah, but that's that's a, that's was a after? later chapter. But oh, okay. that was I got recruited by Dal Tile, and uh, it was kind of playing poker, and uh, finally settled for. They said, "Well, do you want to go to Cleveland or do you want to go to Vegas?" And you know, I ran down to the Chamber of Commerce, did my research, and I found out Las Vegas was on the just on the verge of exploding. This was mm-hmm. 1990. Yep. It, it, the Mirage had just opened, and Steve Wynn was about to really revolutionize gaming in America. So I landed in Las Vegas, and we assembled a really good crew there, a good team, and we vaulted. You know, a combination of right, right place, right time. I mean, Vegas went through a tremendous boom, but uh, we inched our way up the ladder, and we became the number one uh Revenue producing top sales Dow Tile operation in the country. And uh, of course, just because of the way the town was growing and we were shorthanded, I was wearing a couple of hats. I was like the, 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 the chef and the cook and the bottle washer. So mm-hmm. I was making architectural calls. And um, at that point, there was a lot of really, you know, fast track design development was, was making its bold foray in the marketplace. And by then, you know, there were a lot of different waterproof membranes out there, and uh, I started to notice, like, uh, you know, besides 1935, there was Red Guard, and um, all of a sudden, you know, this little company, Noble Company, uh, they had a program with Dow Tile, and, and so they, we had their products in our warehouse. And, you know, as a, as a man, branch manager, uh, you get called out to a lot of sometimes a shot. The tile has a funny shape to it, the V-cap. It may have a crack in it uh, back when they sold VCAP, or uh, if, you're, if you're a distributor for one of these setting companies, you were expected to go out there with the, the, the manufacturer's rep, and because oftentimes these are your good customers, but I noticed a trend, and the trend was, you know, when people used traditional, uh, like just uh, mortar bed shower pan liners or sheet membranes, mm-hmm. I, I didn't go on many failures, uh, calls for failures with those products, but I noticed that uh, the, a lot of the failures tend to be with liquid membranes, and to be totally fair, because let's face it, 
Liquid membranes have been around for a while now. Millions upon millions of square feet have been installed, but usually you can spot very quickly an installer error. You know, and, uh, and James and I have talked about it. It'd be very strange. You'd have a, a, a fairly legitimate, well-established child contracting entity, but they would give the waterproofing to, like, the lowest person on the totem pole, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. the yep. lowest hire, or yep. the person who's in the doghouse, and then they really wouldn't supervise. And so, um, and, and that kind of stayed in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, Dallas Hall went through a lot of a change and upheaval in the mid-'90s. Uh, they merged with American Olean. And for a lot of us who were part of a very proud Dallas tradition, I, I'm very grateful of the time I spent as a manager, I learned it was almost like an MBA program. Uh, a great back in the in the 80s and 90s, very entrepreneurial. Um, they had not been purchased; they were not owned by a publicly traded entity back then. So it was a great, great learning program, advanced uh, school of business for tile and stone. But for a variety of reasons, I left Dow Tile, and um, Bill Ryan Bach, this you know, company goes back to the. 1700s in Germany, you know, incredibly rich, opulent crystal and fine china and sanitary ware and ceramic tile. They're making a bold entry into the um, U.S. marketplace. Tom Coffin was the president, and long story short, uh, I opened up a branch in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, this guy, James Medina, this, this young kid, really, you know, writing <laughs> jeans, t shirt. Oh, yeah. You know, he comes into the back warehouse, and we just Kind of hit it off. I mean, I, I, it's funny how friendships start. There was nothing really by design. Just you find yourself uh, again and again talking about things and having a like personality. And that, uh, one, one, one of the hallmarks of our friendship is that, you know, over time, sometimes James and I have worked together. Uh, sometimes James has, been, James has been my customer. Okay. Yep. Uh, we, we've helped each other out on a variety of levels, both personal and professionally. And so... Um, you know, at a certain point, Bill Reinbach, um, they were starting to rethink their commitment to the U.S. market. And I, I go, gee, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> and uh, Harvey Powell. Yeah. I, if anyone knows Harvey Powell, yeah. um, he helped put um, – Ben Wool was the owner of Noble Company. But Harvey Powell, along with Ben, helped put them on the map. I mean, he's a bold visionary. You have to imagine, in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, if you told a contractor, we're going to put a, a piece of plastic sheet on concrete or dry pack mortar, and that's going to be your waterproof membrane or your, um, your, your crack isolation. I mean, crack isolation was just in its infancy. Yep. But um, to, to be, and he was, Harvey was my mentor. I mean, he hired me at Noble Company and, uh, you know, a great privately held company. You know, I, I, was, I still refer to them all as a boutique company. I mean, we go up against some really good, large, much, much larger, much more well-heeled um, international companies, and we all know who they are, but, um, you know, the one thing that we have at Noble is we have some really proprietary, high-quality projects. No one else has quite figured out how to, to produce. And so um, along the way, I started out as Western Regional Sales Manager. And uh, at some point, I felt motivated to get my MBA. And I went back. Uh, I got married again. I went, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we go through marriages and divorces. I, I met a young lady in Las Vegas. And... She turned my head, and lo and behold, uh, before you know it, we had three kids, uh, bang, 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 and uh, but I was traveling a lot, and went back, got my MBA, and then for a variety of reasons, Harvey, he got to that age where he had to retire, and uh, I found myself as national sales manager of Noble Company, and uh, again, along the way, 
James and I are, are talking and going back and forth and uh, supporting each other in our various uh, chapters of our life and had the opportunity to get James, you know, to have a role in his being hired the first time. And it was a great, great uh, uh, relationship. Business-wise, everyone loves him at Noble Company. But, you know, uh, I'll give him this. He's a, he's a, he's a very principled, uh, spiritual family man, and he felt the pull of his family, felt the pull of perhaps too much travel, and he made the right decision at that time. He, 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 he graciously exited from Noble for a while. Well, it's kind of the feel we'd see him again. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he went on for a while, and, um, and of course, now, what happened was along the way, you know, when you turn 40, you go a little bit crazy. I said, you know, all that music I gave up, uh, I'm going to open that can of worms back up. And so over time, I've been able to very carefully kind of manage a dual sort of split personality. Within the construction industry, there are a lot of... Um, you, uh, there are a lot of sales managers and sales reps and vice presidents and presidents of companies who, back in the day, yeah. they were musicians. And, they, and so we, we get together and play. And, uh, of course, I brought some sort of kind of corny but humorous aspects of my music to my presentations just because <laughs> I found out, you know, when you're, in, when you're in all day, when you're in back-to-back-to-back-to-back AIA continuing education seminars, or you're on a webinar, it's really easy for things to settle into a really boring drone. So if you can shake things up with a little bit of a, a humorous little uh, ditty or just something to kind of wake people up, uh, it, it, it makes the day go by a little bit uh, more easily. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's, it's funny because we, we, we deal with this a lot, and you've probably heard them a lot too, where a person will just read a slide after slide after slide. And when we were in a we – Dallas or San Antonio? Where were we at? We were yeah. somewhere, and and they were doing like eight hours of these these classes, and Dean and I go up, and Dean's got these, you know, humorous, you know, songs, and they're good. I mean, he's a very talented musician, and the one of the architects told uh, the 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 person that was. Uh, organizing it, they said, "Oh, this is the headliner." <laughs> <laughs> so they really enjoyed. They really enjoyed this. So it's fun. Well, well, only one show a night, and so you know, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, at a certain point, I felt like you know, like I made my bones and did what I wanted to do as a national sales manager. And the owners of the company looked around at our, our architecture program had become like this patchwork quilt. I mean, it was semi-functional, but James had left, and no one had really picked the ball, so. Um, I, and you have to understand, before I left, it was already in disarray. So when I uh-huh. when I when I got there, I was on the road every week, like from New York to Guam, just just tirelessly going, 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 going. And I knew we had to get our name out there. I knew the work had to be done, and it was too much for really right. for one person. And so, but when I left. Dean knew what needed to be, you know, to, he, he's like, this torch is not going to be snuffed out. And he picked up right where I left off. Yeah. And uh, at a certain point, so, I mean, and so, you know, I, I'm grateful for that because, you know, my skill set's been able to grow. And, 
you know, I, I grew up a military brat. I mean, uh, I lived, my brother was born in Naples, Italy. Uh, we lived in Tehran, Iran. Uh, you know, I lived in Hawaii. Maybe as a military brat, you bounce all around the country, all around the world. So it's no surprise that I wound up in a, a job where there's lots of travel. You're and, still bouncing. <laughs> yeah, still bouncing around. And um, it sounds like it's a little bit too, to be too much, but I've seen some great places on this planet, in this country, and met a lot of great people, and so there's a, a lot of fringe benefits, and I bring my guitar, I bring my guitar every week when I travel, and I've, I've played on a lot of, prior to the pandemic, I played a lot on Southwest Airline flights, I've sang Happy Birthday <laughs> to people, and, you know, sang Christmas, hey, hey, Southwest hey, Airlines. Yeah, hey, yeah. Let me interrupt you, let me interrupt you before I finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next year, yeah. you guys are guest guest speakers on my seminar. You're bringing your guitar. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah. By the way, I've got a song that I sing. I'll have to do. I'll have to do it without my guitar. But here's a sample of lyrics. Imagine you've got 40 architects who are in their six-hour presentations, right? So I go up there with my guitar. I go. In this room again, I find myself sitting in this room again, presentations all day end to end. I can't wait to get out of this room again. Yeah, everybody gets a good yeah, luck kick out of that one. Yeah, I bet. But here we go. Well, fast forward to today. Um, you know, we've, uh, we were brought, bought out by a company out of Cleveland. Federal process. I'm gonna tell you, fantastic. You know, when you get bought up by somebody, you can go away. Yeah. These uh, our owners, former owners, did a great job, and they've been really supportive. We've been able to ramp a lot of programs up. Um, most of the people who worked for the company five years ago when federal process bought them still work for the company. That mm-hmm. says a lot. And uh, you know, the fact that we got James back. I mean, because. Uh, really, one of the first, and James said it, it's too much for one person. And when I was younger, okay, when you're, you know, at a certain point, you just can't keep, oh, I'll just, I'll gut it out, I'll tough it out. You you start to have the real damage of, of harming yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. And um, so James reemerges with Noble Company, came at a very fortuitous time, and one of the first things he said, after about three months, <laughs> I do not know how you were doing this by yourself. I go, well, cool. wait. Quoting me, yeah. I said, "How the hell did you do this for as long as you have?" Like, <laughs> Fred, you have no idea. Like, we were getting pulled multiple directions. We were getting pulled. Like, and this is this is both of us at the same time. And I'm going, "How did you?" And he's like, he, "You know, drool from his lip. I, 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 I need to help." And and he's right. Like, and now time. We're, we're getting more exposure. We're getting out there more. Both of us are, are coordinating our calendars. So where are you? Where where am I? And, you know, so it's it's definitely gotten a lot better. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, having been through the Las Vegas boom and bust cycle, uh, the, the, the tile and stone industry has really matured. I mean, when I first got here in 1990, there was no union presence mm-hmm. on the strip. And, again, you no. may have your opinions, union, non-union, but um, I think overall it helped elevate the quality of yes. the installations on the strip. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's like many parts of the country, you can't find enough good installers right now. The, a lot of the people who are in this industry have either retired or with the economic downturn, they just they left the industry completely. So, you know, you're starting to see a lot more, you know, 
prefabricated, you know, and we're responding by making things, uh, I won't say just, well, sometimes easier, but just whatever you can do to facilitate, at the end of the day, you want a really solid ceramic tile or natural stone installation. You don't want, you know, it's the longest life cycle of any finished product out there, and you don't want to see it done in by that installation. Yep, and we see that. That's sort of the uh, elevator pitch, Fred. Well, let me let me ask you the same question I asked James, and that is, you know, over the years that you, that you've been in this industry, you know, what what have you seen change? Well, you I may mean, have uh, you that, know, yeah. with, well, 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 you know, I, I, I think um, with the advent of social media, with texting, with so many uh, different computerized sales platforms. And those can be good tools, but this is a relationship-based industry. I mean, the people who really thrive and are around for, for decades, you know, you've, you've got to show up and you've got to be consistent. And at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you can have a great website. You can have a, you can have a real clever social media coordinator, but you've got to get out there and meet people. And, uh, you know, it's value-added. I mean, it's... At this point in, in in our world, almost everyone has at least very good products, okay? And so, all you really have to offer is the the the, the intrinsics, uh, the subtle, the value add. You know what 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 do you do that separates you from people who just kind of, I mean, yeah, it's great you show up at nine, go home at four or five, but you know, this is a construction industry. You know, people who are you, you're asking them, uh, and, and, and that ties into loyalty. I think loyalty is harder to come by now than it used to be. Um, I'm not sure why that is. It's gotten very cutthroat. I see, you know, people who are supposed to be uh, um, loyal to a program or a company or a whatever process. You know, it's very, you know, for, you know, the joke is, gee, they'll cut your heart off for a nickel. Um, but I think uh, loyalty is harder to come by than it used to be. I also think um, relationships are, are not emphasized. I think that's a real and also, too, amongst the younger, I sound like an old guy, because I guess I am at 62, but um, I think us older people, us uh, from the last generation, we haven't done a, a good a job as we should have done in teaching the newer generation actual sales skills. I mean, it's not just mm-hmm. about getting the sale. You know, it's about, like, there's a certain ethical way you go about it. There's certain, you know, I call them the 90-day wonders. You don't want to be a 90-day wonder if you want to thrive in this business you have to have some likable parts and some dependable parts and some unique intrinsic value to you as a person that goes beyond just trying to close the next deal, you know? Absolutely. Don't you think, Fred, that, don't you think, Fred, that a huge part of it is the youth is so, and I don't mean this to be in a negative way, everybody wants to be heard and be, you know, put on, on a stage they right. don't take the time to listen. There's not enough listening. And, and to find out what a problem is, there's a, a large part of it where you just have to listen. You have to look. When we do the walk in the class, it's one of the times during we were walking through the mirage, and I would ask a question, but I would say, don't, you know, don't answer it. Look around. Why is this cracking here? Why is this doing that? And they would have to look at the drywall. They'd have to look around. But yep. you, you know, asking the, learn, getting the art of asking a question to get someone to, you know, open up to you and, and listen, that, that, that has to be really 
Um, and then you have to listen. Just just listen. You, you'd be amazed. You know, most of the time we've talked about this in the past where you uh, come into a failure and you ask them, well, you know, just run me through your daily routine. And this person does things that cause causes part of the failure. And, and you're know, like, okay, well, you know, you got to stop that. But it's all about listening. It's, it's a huge part of it. Oh, absolutely. I can't. I, I can't agree with you more than that. I mean, that's something I actually, I saw a quote. I wish I could remember it word for word the other day, but it had to do with uh, somebody, you know, the intelligent person will listen. Uh, the unintelligent, and this is totally wrong. Unintelligent person is the one that's going to be blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, you're talking about it's some kind of quote like that, which is, which is so true. You know, it's like, I, I know people that will, will jump at an answer before they even finish listening to the question. And uh, so I, I think I agree we've all been guilty of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've all been guilty of that. Absolutely. Time, but, you know, yeah. As we as we get older, we realize that there's so many different nuances and, and issues. Today, we dealt with one basically, and and the, one of the guys was asking me about this particular pen, and I just asked him. I said, "Did you just hear what you said?" Now, what do you think the correct answer would be? And he <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, okay, uh, all right, yeah, I, I get it. So, yeah, so a lot of it is, you know, when we teach, though, we have to be empathetic um, sometimes with, with ones, well, all the time with everybody. But, you know, yep. when, when we're trying to explain through and understand certain certain scenarios, it can be frustrating at times. But, you know, in the end, we're trying to, like Dean said, you're getting that relationship level understanding, you know, you're trying to be that resource for that individual. That's really the key. In architectural circles, uh, the term trusted advisor yes. is used, but it really applies yeah. to, I mean, I see it, you know, whether you're a tile contractor calling your favorite sales rep or distributor or your spec writer who's calling your, te- you know, that person you're, uh, who you're dealing with and talking with, you know, wants to feel like you're not, either, you're not viewing your relationship as totally transactional. Right. It is something beyond, gee, how much how much product can I sell you? How much money can I make off you right now? Um, and I think that people have gotten a lot more aware. I know in the in the architectural design community, um, and for good reason, uh, they're, they're looking for solutions. They're looking for yep. uh, answers that make their product their projects work uh, in a more sound and robust fashion. So um, there's not a lot of place for you know. Uh, a used car salesman type of antics. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say that because one thing I've always believed in, and and you guys are perfect examples of this, is that you really don't have to be a salesman. If you educate your your customer correctly, you are selling them. I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, you're giving them the education. The strongest salesman is one who's not a salesman. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I I don't view what I do. I'm passionate about our company's uh, quality and the way we go to market. So I don't, you know, I just try to share what I know. Hey, I love this product. It works great. Let me tell you about it. And then let them make their decision because um, I think that's true. I've, I've spoken, I've had a 22 and 23 and 33-year-old daughters, and um, uh, a couple of them have entered into sales-type deals. I said, look, find a company or a product you totally believe in because it's easy. It's easy. And yep. if you totally are enamored by their culture and their quality and the way they go to market. It's not very hard. Effortless. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're, Absolutely. You're, yep. you're sharing your enthusiasm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, Dean, this is a, this is a good point to uh, put a little plug in for your upcoming uh, webinar. Tell us a little bit about yep. that. Well, that's uh, that's uh, the National Tile Contract Association next Tuesday. I usually go off about one o'clock Central Time, and uh, you can go to our our company uh, our website, and we'll be uh, we'll feature that. You go to the the NTCA website; they'll they'll have information on that. And uh, of course, these are AIA, IDCEC approved presentations. Uh, by 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 law of the land, they're objective and neutral. They're not a soapbox to tout your products. And I'll give you a little teaser on it. I don't want to reveal the, the I don't want to be a spoiler alert. But um, we're going to look at some of the challenges with large format products, and sometimes not always ceramic tile, natural stone. They're showing up on wet area walls and what concerns may be lurking that you should be aware of. I'll just kind of leave it at that, okay? That's a good teaser. Yeah, this is a teaser. That's a good teaser. Coming, coming soon to webinar. <laughs> that's actually a good topic. Well, you and I have been talking about that for a while, so uh, definitely uh, tune, in, tune into that. So back to, back to, well, either one of you, James or Dean, what, how do I say this? What one story sticks out in your mind about being in this industry, good or bad? Mm. I know there's lots of them because I've been on some of them. I know <laughs> there's a lot of them. Oh. Well, we, we, we know, man, I've, I've already spot. told you guys about the, the, the waterproofing one nightmare where, um, you know, with when it came to the liquid system using Encore, <clears throat> that one was – that one's a funny one that we we talk about in class about right. as much as you know. Should I say that one because that one's one that sticks with me even to today? Um, what's another one? The rat. Yeah, that's a good one, one too. Of, one, of the, uh, <laughs> one of the challenges I think um, out there is there's so much information out there, and is and it's human nature to cut corners. And I'll just say, in the in the general sense, I would throw out this um, this uh, caveat that being in Las Vegas, where I, there's so much money, and there's so much money being thrown around, and there's so much fast track, go 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 go. Um, I have seen some really tremendously expensive remediation efforts that didn't have to happen. Yep. I, you know, uh, communication can be. A life saver or can be a killer, and you know some of the biggest some of the biggest nightmare scenarios I've seen uh, were people just didn't communicate what they were doing or what they changed, and then people get blindsided, and before you know it, it snowballs, and uh, it's um, it doesn't have to be that way. So I, I'm only I'm talking in a generic sense, but say in terms of a, a cautionary tale. You know, and I'm probably sometimes the biggest, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sort of the person who mirrors that is you need to slow down. You know, when you're, when you're running at 90 miles an hour, when you got a lot of pressure, you know, when people are trying to save money, and, yeah, and sometimes you're wondering, gee, do I cut a corner here? Do I, do I you know, does this have to be as good as I think it should be? And all of a sudden you find yourself down the road, you thought you never go down in terms of you know, your own uh, installation ethics or your own car selection ethics or your own 
um, just your, just your, your advice to people. And then uh, they can come back to haunt you. And I think uh, that uh, if you, you can resist that temptation, you won't find yourself in those scenarios. I mean, I called, I, 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 when, I was in, uh, when I was a very young sales rep in, in San Francisco, uh, and that's when I'm all checked. She said, you're going to go out to this job site meeting. And I'm like, I wasn't. I was like, what? Yeah, and it was, there was a sealer that had gone wrong. And, uh, oh, you, you know, love those. Yeah. I learned what the rep hanging party was. And that usually means when there's like 10 or 15 people and they're in a circle around you and you're in the middle of the circle, you're like, okay, uh, I, think, I think the hanging party's here. <laughs> We're about to have a hanging. Yeah. I, yep. I got one for you, Fred. I got one for you, Fred, that I, I thought about it as Dean was talking because, you know, about slowing down. Um, when I was working as the owner representative at Wynn, I, of course, I was friends with Dean, and I already knew about the product. And, of course, you know, at that time, it was 04, 04, 05-ish, and he comes in, he's like, James, 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 you got to use this product. And Dean, anybody who knows Dean, he's like a walking energy drink, okay? So, you know, he, he's, he's talking, 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 and I said, Dean, I already got you in, you know, like you don't need to sell me anything because, like, I knew the product was going to work. I knew Noble was going to work for this. And the reason why – and he was he was relieved because he was like, oh, you know, this is easy. Um, as we went and did the product project, we had floors, and we've walked this, that are one restaurant is over a million dollars for the floor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to really think about it, you know, like what's going to ensure the floor? Well, like, you know, think, you know, think about it the way I looked at it. I had to go look, okay, if it fails – Who's going to be on the hook? It's not you. Don't want the owner to be on the hook, right? Right. Right. No manufacturer wanted to be under that floor. They were paranoid as all get out, except for one. It was Noble. Noble was like, no, our product will work. There. They were confident. They knew exactly what was it. So the CIS was used underneath that million dollar floor. It was not only just moved, removed, uh, used underneath that floor, but the entire low rise of Win Las Vegas and Encore have CIS. Not one crack, not one issue, not one call. Yep. So, yeah. you know, as you as you work through the industry and you understand, like, I knew what was going to work. I was very proud that I used the right product, but now I had the opportunity to, to now go to some place that I was so comfortable, you know, specifying in the past. Um, it's an honor. You know, it's, it's, it, it changes the dynamic completely when – you know, you understand it at that level, but and Fred, to quickly bookend it for you, we just recently had a job at Caesars. Caesars is going through oh, yeah. tremendous renovation, yeah. and uh, there's a local co- uh, union contractor. And again, this is a million dollar. It's the it's the grand entranceway to Caesars. Uh, this is like water jet. I mean, this is every, super intricate. Yeah, every piece of stone has got it. You can't be off an eighth of an inch. Okay. And so, and, and so this is a million-dollar-plus floor. And the owner of that project said, first of all, Dean, James, um, there's only one product I'm going to use. That's your company's product. Yep. But secondly, he goes, uh, no one else wanted, you know, when they, when they heard about the project and the uh, potential impact and liabilities, nobody else wanted to. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Um, it's, it's great to work for a company like that. I mean, there are, well, yeah. we have lots of great competitors, and you know, look, good competition keeps you better. Better, yeah. I mean, it's just the way Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we have great competitors out there. It makes us work harder, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, I've always been a fan of, of Noble. You know, Harvey Powell back in the day, we, we've sat on a couple of panels just to show you how old I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. And, it, you know, it's, he was he was a character, uh, you know, too bad he's gone. But, uh, the, you know, yeah. the, a couple of couple reasons I, you know, I, I like you guys, the, the, this noble uh, is that uh, the question you asked me, James, I, you know, I do a lot of failure analysis. I mean, that's the majority of what I do nowadays, and I can't tell you one job I've been on uh, where Noble had any of their products have failed. I, I can't say that for some of the other companies out there. So, yeah. and then they have knowledgeable people like, uh, let's see, James and Dean, maybe. Uh, which, yeah. Which, which, which is always helpful. Yeah. Dave Kennedy, um, the guy is a, a tremendous resource. Yeah, he's like 40 he's years. Yeah. A, a fantastic resource. You know, we've got a great, uh, you know, we have a, a, a young guy, Nate, Nate Johnson, who is taking the bull by the horns yep. as far as tech support. Maybe, and, maybe we should get him in the forensics club. That'd yeah, be pretty good I mean, for him. Uh, we, we, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of people back in the home office supporting us. You know, Dave Wormeister, our president. There's a lot of cognitive, uh, yeah, and years definitely that help us to do what we do. There's no doubt about Eric, that. Eric, Eric Edelmeyer, yep. 25 years. Tony Perfect. Yeah, he yeah, perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of really knowledgeable, long-time employees. And the one thing I'll share with you, even though we're not the biggest company out there, we make it a point. If we're on a project, it could be hospitality, university, hospital, we really go out of our way to make sure we're there with you for the mock-ups. The model rooms, and then when the project starts, contractor training. Sure, whichever we have to happen, you're no no contractor wants to go to that first couple of shower pans and go, oh, gosh, you know, uh, I haven't used this product before, or gee, I wish I had a little more training. So I think one of the reasons why we have not seen to very much litigation, construction defect sort of scenarios with us is we really try to make sure the installer feels very comfortable to be supported by our company. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, guys, I want to thank you. This has been really interesting. Like I said in the very beginning, I it, it's so interesting how people ended up from where they were to where they are now. Uh, you, you know, you guys know my story. I started as a biologist, and here I am in the stone industry. And <laughs> <laughs> never could leave, right? And never could leave. I got I got trapped. I got trapped. Uh, <laughs> the joke in Las Vegas is, is only in the top business, there's only one way out of it. Feed for it just like the mob. There you go. All right, guys. Well, hey, listen, uh, everybody that's listening out there, uh, James and Dean, James Dean Show. Uh, we'll be back next yeah. year during my Stone and Tile Inspection Seminar in Las Vegas. Although it looks like we may lose one of our uh, inspection uh uh, one of our favorite inspection things, a mirage. Um, you oh, that, I know sure. it's going away. Yeah, it's going away. It's going to be the Hard Rock now, sir. But uh, yep. it might be there next year. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Oh, we've got plenty. Don't worry, we got plenty of other ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's some of the nice advantages to the seminar being out there. Uh, if you plan on taking it, is that uh, these guys out there. Uh, have been out there. They know where all the failures are, and boy, do we see some failures. So, uh, really interesting. Well, guys, I want to thank you again, and uh, we'll be talking soon. 
And uh, again, thanks. Thanks, Fred. Take care, Fred. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. Actually, we're not. We're going to uh, end the show and uh, play a commercial, and I'll be out of here until next week. So thanks for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Ready to take your skills to the next level? Visit GetTrainedToday.com to learn about e-learning and hands-on courses offered by the Surfaces Learning Institute. Learn from industry experts the skills needed to start offering stone and tile restoration or take your existing skills to the next level quickly and with a solid foundation. More advanced courses include commercial maintenance, inspection and troubleshooting, historic property preservation, how to become an expert witness, and more. Training offered at the Institute goes well beyond essential restoration and maintenance skills training to include a variety of other relevant topics for growing your business and leveraging your skills. For example, essential marketing or how to become an expert witness. All training is reinforced with resources and tremendous support to help you hit the ground running with confidence. Visit GetTrainedToday.com to learn more. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. <laughs> 